All right, and we are live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Tuesday. In case you didn't know what day it is, that's the day. It's Tuesday. And welcome to Toxic Masculinity, the least professional show on all of YouTube. Uh, well, it looks like Wildcat Diva's first. Hey, Wildcat Diva. Looking good. Abel Garcia, good to see you, my friend. I, I have watched your video with Elijah. You did brilliantly. Everybody should watch that video. It's like the 60-minute special before the... Like a year before the 60-minute special. It's fantastic. Um, let's see here. I, I'm sometimes jealous of what Elijah does on his show. He does such good stuff. I mean, I have a very specific format. He's got a very specific format. It's a little bit different. Sometimes he calls me and he's like, Chris, your show is so much better than mine. And sometimes I call him and I'm like, Elijah, your show is so much better than mine. <laughs> we both admire each other's shows, which is nice. Uh, and the same thing goes for a lot of the YouTubers I know. Um, okay, let's see here. Dark Crusher, good to see you. Chadman, sup? Look what I found, you guys. This is... Oh, this is so cool. I don't know how close I can get this, or it'll go out of focus. This is a magazine from 1951. And look at these... Look. No, not there. Look at look at this. Look at this. Fascism. Fascism. Defend civil liberties. I mean, well, they're not quite that smart anymore. But this is basically the anti-fascists like almost 100 years ago. You know, 70 years ago. Doing the same stuff that they're doing now. This crap's been going on forever. Anyway, I saw this online and I thought, oh, I wonder if I could buy a copy of that somewhere. So I found it on the... Found it on the eBay. It's from American Legion Magazine, 1951. Very cool. I like old magazines. I like old stuff like that, old illustrations. So I'm going to read through this. And if I like the article, then I'm going to do a video about, uh, you know, the struggles we had historically and how, you know, what, what, what does it say in the Bible? Something like, there's nothing new under the sun. Like everything comes around again. Like it's just the same crap repeated over and over again. This is like evil re-emerging, because this is all about... And look what this is called. This is great. This is great. They're talking about the communists and the, these sort of like middle-class, white, well-off, relatively well-off people. And it's like the, the new privileged class, our new privileged class, it's called. The commies and those who play their game. That's what they're talking about here. The commies. And uh, who are the anti-fascists today that are burning down buildings and crap? They're commies. Black Lives Matter, commies. Uh, it's the same stuff that's happening then, happening now. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, Abel, uh, well, I'll, I'll email you about it, but I don't. I don't really do uh, interviews on this show. I used to. I tried to do interviews for a long time. Um, I, I did several, but it doesn't work out. People don't watch those episodes, and they're a lot of work for me. So I've kind of avoided doing that. But uh, it is a topic I will pick up again at some point, and I'll, I'll let you know when I do. Um, I'm having a good day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm having a very good day. Valeria, are you having a good day? Valeria is feeling sick, so she's not doing the show today, even though she is here and she should be doing the show. She isn't. Could, you could at least talk into the mic. No? Do you don't want to say hi to anybody? She, she literally looks like she's dying. Like, her face is like that of utter misery. Although she did just have some avocado toast, so she looks a little bit happier. <laughs> all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to the first story because, let me tell you, let me tell you. Oh, but before that, before that, I do want to, on a personal note, I would like to say, I am having an excellent day. Now, I'm not going to get into it, but... You know, some days are really nice. Some days are painful. Some days you suffer a little bit. But today, for me, is a good is a good day. I'm very. I feel like I have good energy. Um, but I'll tell you what I really want to do. I really want to exercise more. And because I'm always like trapped in this apartment, I'm in LA. Uh, you know, I never. I don't get out enough. So that's the one thing I want. That's one thing I want in my life is more exercise. So I'm gonna try to work that out. I may have to move. Uh, we'll discuss that later, darling. All right. Now, let's get on to the first story. Uh, we only have three today, but they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know what? I got to set this thing up because, yeah, I kind of thought that. 
I've always forget to do that before the show. Like I said, least professional show on television. Let's have a look here. Boom. Okay, that's good. That's good. We'll go back. All right. First story. First story. New York Times reporter blames Trump for the media cover-up of COVID's origin. Yeah, this is pretty uh, fascinating. This is... Uh, this is the convoluted logic of the left. These guys are actually able to somehow make the case, they really think that they can justifiably make the case that Donald Trump is the cause of the media cover-up of COVID. These people are insane. The, I'm going to play for you the video here, but the, the, her argument, this woman's article, uh, uh, argument essentially boils down to, well... We don't like Trump, and Trump made us think that, well, maybe the origin was, was uh, from the lab, or you know, he was trying to express that idea, and because Trump was expressing that idea and we didn't like him, I mean, it just, it just made it so hard to know. You know we, we just all thought that it, was, it couldn't possibly be because Trump suggested it. Um, you know, of course, he doesn't exactly say that. You kind of have to read between the lines. But essentially, that's what happened, right? Trump was like, yeah, you know, I think this might be from the lab. And they all went, oh, Trump's an idiot. Trump's an evil conspiracy theorist. Can't possibly be true. The journalistic uh, standards uh, with regard to this story, and I would, I would also like to say most stories about politics, uh, you know, among these leftist journalists, they're, they're, it's just gone. It's out the window. There is no journalistic standards anymore. The journalistic standard for the last four years is, Whatever Trump says, we're going to say is wrong. That was the journalistic standard. That's not real journalistic standards, ladies and gentlemen. That's crap, right? That's just crap. So we didn't have any really good news organizations, uh, at least not on the left, um, to be able to inform the public because it was just anti-Trump, 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 and a lot of people got misinformation because of it. And this is just one of those cases. Um, to me, the most... Oh, and this is a little bit of a tip. I'll, I'll give you guys a little tip that I heard um, from little Birdie. Um, I, I think the most severe case of journalistic malpractice is when they keep saying that any kind of suspicion about potentially, um, you know, the election not being perfect and pure and honest and fair and, and just and right and everything. Anybody who suspects that there might be something fishy going on there, well, it's it's the big lie. It's the big lie. And we talked about this before on the show, but... Um, it's not a lie. If I believe it, I may be wrong, but I'm not lying. If I tell you something that I believe to be true, it, even if I'm wrong, I'm not lying about that thing, right? And we could be wrong. I mean, the, the election could be fair, perfect, and pure. I don't think it is. I don't think anybody on the right thinks it is. I think most people on the left don't even think that it is. But, but even if it were... Saying we, I'm, I don't think that it is. That's not lying. And and anyway, I'm not espousing. I know for a fact, absolutely 100. I have the proof, and I can show it to you. What I'm saying is, I strongly suspect that this was not a perfect election. And so, for these people to go, that's a big lie. Uh, no, it it really isn't. You're you obviously clearly don't know what the definition of a lie is, or you don't care what the definition of lies, and you'll just say whatever you want. Um, so that, to me, is the, the most ridiculous reporting that I've seen so far. Um, but let me tell you something, guys. I had a little conversation with a good friend of mine who is intimately involved with some of the people that are doing the audit in Arizona. And I'm probably not supposed to repeat this, but I will, uh, just for you guys, because I don't have a very big audience. It looks like we've got enough evidence to completely expose the corruption, at least in Arizona. So it looks like this is going to be the first of many dominoes. And I've been given some specifics about how some of the fraud was conducted. And guys, it's it looks like they, they really do have solid evidence to indicate that in fact there was absolutely fraud and they can show it. And, and a lot of what I'm hearing now from other sources, this wasn't from this original sources, um, that, that what I'm about to tell you is from uh, Steve Bannon. Um, yeah, so ba so on Bannon's show, if you if you ever watch Bannon's stuff, his position is that the thing that's really going to um, make clear the election fraud is the hand counts, the hand counting. So if you go in and you have 
human beings going in and hand counting the ballots, uh, it's going to show massive discrepancies between that and what was counted on the machines uh, in in the you know the original count during the election, and that that's what's really going to do it. And uh, I think that might be true, I and mean, we're going to have to find out. But I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways that the fraud was conducted. If there was fraud, not saying that there was YouTube, uh, I think it was perfect and pure, and and Biden definitely won, definitely won, guys. Um, but if in magical world uh, on the planet of Turth there was some kind of uh, suspicious stuff going on. Uh, then certainly the audit has caught it. And that's that's the word on the street. That's the word on the street. So if I turn out to be wrong about that, and uh, there is there is not the evidence that I su- 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 suspect that there is, well, then I, uh, I know that that source shouldn't be trusted again. <laughs> but my sources are are really, really confident that, yeah, they've got them. They've got them. So I'm excited by that. I'm very excited by that. But anyway, let's watch this video of this psychopathic reporter blaming Trump. Uh, So this should be exciting. Let's see here. Headphones on. Let's just watch the video. I think that's the best way forward. Yes. This matters. Understanding where coronavirus and how the pandemic began matters. A lot of the discussion about the lab leak, I think, was clouded early on because there was the suggestion by some that it was somehow a Chinese weapon that that caused this. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking. Okay, I would just like to interject here for one moment and say that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Just because some people were saying that the virus could have been weaponized and that was a possibility. Um, This guy is trying to suggest right now, by the way, which is an absolute BS revision of history. He's trying to suggest the reason that the, the mainstream media never believed that this virus came out of a lab was because the only uh the only um speculation going on about that about the lab theory was that it was a was that it was a a biological weapon no that's absolutely not true that's completely false this is what you call gaslighting right this is rewriting history this is not what happened some people definitely said that it was possibly um some kind of biological weapon that they were trying to develop. And that still actually might be true. That actually might be true. He doesn't know one way or another whether that's true or not. But there were very there were several suggestions. One of them, which was, I think, um, being proposed more by people on the fringes, pe- people who, uh, certainly conservatives, uh, but people who were simply playing with ideas, speculating this might be true, that might be true, there were very few people who were like, I'm absolutely 100% convinced that this is a this, this is a, a biological weapon. In fact, I never heard anyone say that. I heard that as a suggestion that perhaps that was true. It's, again, it still might be true. But um, what most people were saying was that this looks like it came from a lab, and it looks like it was an accident, like it was released by accident. Some people were even suggesting that the virus was released on purpose by the, um, by the Chinese government. But I was there, you know, I was reporting on this every day. I was doing the research. I was reading the articles. I was watching the videos. I was listening to everybody and what they had to say. And the vast majority of conservatives were saying, this came from the lab. And we don't know exactly how it came from the lab. We don't know if it was human engineered. We don't know if there was some kind of gain of function engineering going on. Or if it was simply a natural virus that they were studying in the lab and it got out and it infected some of the scientists. But we we certainly suspected that it wasn't coming from the Wuhan wet market, right? We, we, we had kind of realized that was actually BS. And it was weird because conservative media was expressing this sort of, we don't know where it came from. We think it came from the lab, you know, speculation, th- theorizing, talking about it, um, you know, admitting we didn't know where it co- came from. And it was places like flipping CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and these a-holes going around saying, oh, no, we know that it didn't come from the left. We know that it came from this wet market. We know. We know. It's like, no, you flipping don't know. What the hell are you talking about? So this guy's trying to suggest that, oh, well, the reason they didn't believe it is because we're feeding him only this one conspiracy theory that it was a weapon, right? Uh, no, that's not what happened. I certainly did, did never said on my show that it was a weapon. I said... You know, we think it may have come from this Wuhan lab, 
we don't know what happened. We don't know if it's, you know, some kind of biological weapon. We don't know if it, there was some kind of gain-of-function research going on that, you know, some kind of human engineering going on there that made it specifically, like, um, um, increase the uh, virulence for human, human beings. We don't know if it was just a natural virus that they were studying that got out. We don't know. We don't know, right? We didn't know at the time. Now we, it looks like almost for sure it came from the lab. So now these idiots are going to trying to catch up and they're trying to justify the fact that they were totally flipping wrong. In fact, Vox magazine, well, it used to be, I, I don't know if it was ever actually a magazine, but online, you know, Vox, Vox, V-O-X, they came out recently and they're like, secretly, quite, I mean, it's, it's out in the news right now, but they secretly, quietly went back to their articles where they said, oh, this, you know, there's no way that this came from a lab. The, you know, these right-wingers, they're all conspiracy theorists. They, they're going in right now and they're changing the, the, the articles. They're deleting lines from the articles. They're rewriting it in a way that makes them sound more reasonable. They're going out, they're going back and changing history. They're pretending like, oh, we never said this. You did say it, Vox. We have the evidence. There's people posting the before and after. They're posting what they post, what was originally posted, and then they're posting beside it what is now posted, right? So they're showing the changes and we can see that Vox is just lying. Oh, look, no, no, no nobody look at this. This is, no, no, this is what we said. Ha, 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 ha. They're changing it all, changing it all. Because these people, they're humiliated as well they should be. They should be humiliated, but also they need to own up. This, this piece of garbage should be sitting there on CNN going, you know, guys, we were wrong. You know who was right? Conservatives. Breitbart was right. Um, Bannon was right. You know, all these people that we hate. You know, Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, the people that we said were kooks, people said we were conspiracy theorists. They should be going on their news channel right now and going, you know who was right? Mr. Reagan. Mr. Reagan was right. <laughs> they don't know who I am. Um, oh, you know who does know who I am? Actually, some of them do know who I am because I'm blocked by uh, some of these a-holes. They, they block me on their Twitter because, oh, I'm, the, I'm a dangerous, dangerous conservative. It's so ridiculous. The stuff that we report on the right... It's 100% true. We vet it. We make sure it's right. And if, it's, and if we find out later it's wrong, we tell you, we're sorry we messed up. This is wrong. Because we have a genuine, at least all the conservatives that I know in the media, we all have a genuine desire to express the truth to the public. These people at Fox don't. These people are, sorry, not Fox. Well, some of the people at Fox don't, but most of the people at Fox are actually all right, I think. Especially Tucker. Tucker's the good guy. Um, these people at CNN, they don't, they're full of crap, man. They said they're pretending like, oh, we're, you know, we're real news. We're real news. All they do is perpetuate these conspiracy theories and BS. And then they point to us and say, we're the conspiracy theorists. No, you guys are the ones getting it wrong. You guys are the ones getting it wrong. All right, let's keep playing this crap. Talking about a lab accident, but we've come a long way from people dismissing this as a conspiracy theory to a lot of people taking this seriously, Maggie. We have, John. And what do you mean you've come a long way to a, to a lot of people dismissing it as a theory, conspiracy theory? You mean yourself? Come on. Look, I do think it's important to remember that part of the issue when this was first being reported on and discussed back a few months after the pandemic had begun was that then-President Trump and Mike Pompeo, uh, the uh, Secretary of State, both suggested they had seen evidence that this was formed in a lab, and they also suggested it was not released on purpose, but they refused to release the evidence showing... Wait, wait, what? You mean Donald Trump refused to hand over to the press confidential reports? I don't believe it. A president actually keeping confidential, confidential uh, intelligence reports? That's, that's crazy. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a horrible person that Donald Trump is for not releasing confidential reports to the, the media, not leaking crap like you guys expect your your friends in Washington, D.C. to do. I mean, can you believe this woman? She's trying to suggest that because Donald Trump didn't... So essentially she's saying, well, look, Donald Trump said this, and because we hate Donald Trump, of course we're not going to believe it. And he didn't give us a report, so we just assumed he was lying. I mean, this woman's... this. I mean, it's unbelievable how she is completely lacking any kind of self-awareness. She's sitting here trying to say, Trump told us that this came from the lab, and we didn't believe him because he didn't show us the evidence. Well, what the hell are you talking? It's the president of the United States, you stupid woman. He doesn't have to show you the evidence. He has to tell you, I've seen the evidence. It came from the lab. Believe me. 
And you should have believed him. You didn't believe him. And now you're sitting here looking like a damn fool on CNN trying to pretend that it's Trump's fault that you didn't report this correctly. Grow the F up. Get a couple of, I mean, honestly, have a little bit of effing integrity. Stand there and say you're wrong and take it. Sorry, I'm, I'm pissed off about this because I do the same thing and I'm accused of being a conspiracy theorist. You know, my, 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 all my content is being totally suppressed because I'm supposed to be dangerous when these are the idiots who are going out there lying to everybody. Why, why, why do I suffer? Why do I have to have a reduced income because YouTube doesn't want to share my videos because what, they, they want to boost CNN, who just lies to everybody all the time? Give me a freaking break. All right, let's keep watching this crap what it was and so because of that that made this instantly political i think that it was you know example 1000 when the trump administration learned that when you have burned your own credibility over and over again people are not immediately going to believe you no 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 trump did not burn his credibility you did not give him the benefit of the doubt about anything he said from day one he did not burn his credibility you just dismissed him constantly if Trump would tell you anything, it's, you know, there's very few things I ever heard Trump say that I could look at what the media was doing, saying, oh, no, Trump's wrong about this. Trump's wrong about this. And I could look into it and say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Trump's totally wrong. Yeah, the media is totally right. No, no, no. Every single time I would look into something, save for like a couple of instances, Trump turned out to be totally right, totally vindicated, like every single time. But, I wouldn't say every single time because there were there were like a few things that Trump would say the media would fact check him and I'd find that what he said is wrong. But these were all sort of like innocent mistakes that like basically anyone could make or they were things that, you know, Trump maybe didn't word something quite correctly. So it seemed like what he was saying was was one thing when actually he was saying something else. So it's very easily misinterpreted, something like that. There's, there's a few times Trump would get his facts jumbled or there would he would he would exaggerate about something or he'd get something a little bit wrong. But that was incredibly rare, right? That was totally the exception. 99.9% .9 of the time, Trump was spot on with everything that he was saying. He never burned his credibility, a friggin' idiot. She just never gave him... These people were constantly trying to, pr uh, trying to frame Trump as being wrong. But that's not burning credibility. That's just you hating him. That's Trump derangement syndrome. Moving on especially in an election year. However, that does not mean it's not worth discussing. There has been a sort of persistent, albeit relatively quiet, focus on whether that was the origin of the virus. And it is compounded by the fact that uh, there are, have not been clear answers from Chinese officials about Among conservatives, among conservatives, there's been discussion about where that could potentially be where the virus came from. You guys just dismissed that as a conspiracy theory. These people aren't op owning up to anything. They're pretending that the whole time, well, no, the whole time we actually were considering it. No, you weren't. You were pointing at us and calling us idiots, liars, conspiracy theorists, trying to... See, this is the point. She's sitting here saying that Trump burned his credibility. No, he didn't. None of us did. None of us burned our credibility. We, we totally have total credibility. And you were sitting there pointing your finger at us, trying to trying to say we're conspiracy theorists. That was what burned our credibility amongst you know many of the the population of the United States of America. Because a lot of these voters are like watching you guys reading the New York Times, going, "Ah ha ha, those idiot, those idiot Republicans, those stupid conservatives. They're so dumb. They 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 believe these conspiracy theories. Ha 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 ha. That's what burns our credibility. It's you idiots. You're burning our credibility. We're not doing it. You're doing it." about it and that investigators trying to find out the origin have been stymied. So I do think we're in a different period of this, John, but I also think it's important to remember because I think it's getting reframed in a way that's just not true to what happened. Oh yeah, now this is, this is, this is rich. This is rich. As they try to frame what happened historically, she says conservatives are trying to reframe this as somehow we were wrong. You were wrong. We're not trying to reframe it. You're trying to reframe it right now. And in the midst of doing that, she says, conservatives are trying to reframe it sure sure that's i mean honestly how does this woman even still have a job she has absolutely no she is burning her credibility right now she burned her credibility before and she's doubling down on it now and the new york times is still keeping her on like what the hell get rid of this stupid idiot she she's not she's not helping your credibility as a newspaper she's just making you look like a fool don't hire idiots get rid of her she's just a she's a hack for the left
happened. I don't mean here. I right. mean in this, this broader debate by Trump supporters about what happened when this was originally raised. I think a lot of people want just answers at this point, and it is important. Right. That's right. That's right. I- <laughs> oh, oh, now people want answers. Now people want answers. No, 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 no. People have always wanted answers. And you know what you did? You pretended that the people who had the answers were crazy. We're conspiracy theorists. You pretended that you knew exactly where the where the virus came from. When I don't know, these people just piss me off so much. Like they they have this smug attitude, like they're always right about everything. They're almost never right about it. It's sort of like AOC, right? AOC always comes out and she presents these these, these ideas and and these these facts and these statistics that are often totally wrong, but she presents them as if as if you know. She's got the moral high ground. It's like, yeah, maybe you would have the moral high ground if you got your facts straight, like for crying out loud. I mean, she has so much confidence and she has so little education. She just doesn't know even what she, she's so unbelievably ignorant, but she speaks as though she has like the wisdom of, of gods, you know? Oh, I know everything. You, you, you're talking out of your arse. You don't know crap, all right? And that's exactly what's going on here with CNN. They're, they're, they always do this. They always come out and be like, oh, these idiot conspiracy theorists. And then, they, then they're wrong. It turns out that they're flipping wrong. They do this all the time. Um, I would read the article, but I'm not really interested in what whoever wrote this has to say, because I think I've expressed myself well. But um, let's read a bit of this. It says, the New York Times' says Maggie Haberman says that it's Trump's fault that the COVID lab leak theory was made political because he refused to release the classified evidence that he and his Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, or that he and his Secretary Mike Pompeo saw. Yeah, exactly. Classified evidence. Like, what the hell is wrong with her? Because he burned his credibility by being right all the time, and then he wouldn't give us classified information, so we couldn't believe him. Stupid idiot. An appearance on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we read all... I mean, we watched all that. We don't need to read this article. All right, I'm pissed. I hate this woman. I hate... John Berman or where the hell his name is. I hate CNN. I hate all these people. They're friggin' horrible. They, they don't deserve to have a, even a news network. It shouldn't exist, right? They don't deserve it. And they certainly don't deserve um, the positive treatment they get from social media. And I certainly don't deserve to be blocked by social media. Yeah. Am I, do I take this personally? I absolutely do take it personally. And am I a little bit pissed off about it? Oh, I'm very pissed off about it. Uh, but that's all the time we have for that story. So let's move on to the next one, shall we? This is a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Facebook has been exposed for suppressing concerns about vaccines. All right, this is this is fantastic. This is fantastic. Uh, so our wonderful friends, and I say friends because I am actually friends with some people over there, our wonderful friends over at Project Veritas, amazing company, amazing people, um, have now released documents showing that what, what is Facebook doing? Well, they're not just suppressing videos uh, that suggest some kind of vaccine hesitancy. Um but even like comments in the comment section, like if you go to a video and you write, I'm not so sure about uh taking the vaccine, they'll like They'll like reduce that content on that that uh, comment. They'll they'll uh, put it lower on the comment section so that fewer people will read it. That's what they're doing here, right? It's mental. It's mental. So even if you don't, if you're not a content creator, even if you're just somebody who's commenting on a news story or something like that, they'll reduce that. And if they're reducing your comments, which is mental, um. Imagine what they're doing with the people who are actually creating content like myself. I mean, I don't post on Facebook so much anymore because they've essentially demonetized me completely from Facebook, which is ridiculous. But so here's the problem with that, as I see. It's like, which is, I think, to some degree, the same with every political issue. It's like, yeah, a lot of people have concerns about the vaccine, which are totally legitimate. Uh, And it's really funny, actually. Every time I see somebody talk about how... um, you know, there are people out there who have concerns about the vaccine. Anytime I see leftists or, or Hollywood or any of these people producing um, videos that or, or anyway, promotional material that talks about how some people are hesitant, they, they always say the same thing, which is like, it's okay to ask questions. It's totally okay to have concerns about the vaccine. I mean, you still have to get it. 
but it's okay to have concerns. <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing ever. I mean, it's like, hey, look, there's this new experimental uh, thing that we haven't really tested very well, and uh, we're going to make you have this medical procedure, uh, whether you like it or not. You, what, you have concerns about it? That does, that's perfectly fine. I mean, you still have to go do it, but it's perfectly fine to have questions. But get in the chair, because we're going to do this experiment on you, whether you like it or not. Now, you can ask all the questions you want while we're cutting into your face or whatever it is that, you know. In this case, you know, you got to get a, a shot. Um, the crazy thing about it is I don't actually think it's that dangerous. I mean, I know a lot of you guys disagree with me. I think the vaccines are generally safe. I think this vaccine's pretty safe. Uh, maybe a little bit less safe than other vaccines, but for the most part, I think it's safe. I think it's a good thing to do for society, for your parents, for yourself. Uh, but if you do have concerns, if you are worried about it, that is legitimate. And no, you don't have to take it. You do not have to take the vaccine if you don't want to. I'm not taking it. My wife is not taking it. And this idea that you have to take it or you have some kind of moral obligation to take it, no, you absolutely do not. There is no moral obligation. If you're concerned about the vaccine, you have every right to refuse to take it. And this idea that, oh, no, 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 nobody should be hesitant. Nobody should be hesitant. I mean, come the heck. I mean, give me a freaking break. No, no. You, you, I, I, I understand the, the impulse, which is to say, well, we don't want people to be hesitant, you know, which is fine. That's that's the initial impulse. But then this but then the secondary impulse is. Let's hide people's comments who are afraid of taking the vaccine. Any kind of hesitancy. That's absolutely terrible. Because what we need as a society in order to get those people to be less afraid is dialogue, right? You need to discuss it with them. You can't just suppress their comments and be like, <laughs> pay no attention to that person who's afraid of the vaccine. Uh, I mean, you might be afraid of the vaccine and he's afraid of the vaccine, but don't, don't listen to him. Only talk to me. Oh, eyes here, eyes here. Let, let people just explore ideas. Let them talk amongst themselves. If the vaccine tr is truly safe, we'll figure it out together, okay? You don't need to block people's comments, you stupid pieces of garbage. All right, well, let's play a little bit of this. I can put my headphones back on. Um, the guy who is the whistleblower, there's a couple of them apparently, um, they, they muffled his voice, so it sounds really flippant and weird, but let's go ahead and play a little bit of this, little bit of this anyway. Facebook uses classifiers in their algorithms to determine certain content to be what they call vaccine hesitant, or they call it vaccine hesitancy, and without the user's knowledge, they assign a score to these comments that's called a VH score, the vaccine hesitancy score. And based on that score, we'll demote or leave the comment alone, depending on the content within the comment. Our first Facebook Insider is a data set being run eight They're trying to make it seem like they're not doing as much or that they're just kind of like generalizing it, like, oh, we just have some robot that just tags your post and then, you know, we look at it. But I think they don't want people to know, oh, no, we actually have something that we made specifically for vaccine hesitancy. So, so the main document, along with uh, all, the, all the attachments and stuff that goes with it. So basically, when they write this algorithm, it goes through Facebook content and it looks for certain keywords uh, that are related to vaccination or, you know, not getting a vaccine and stuff like that. And it gives it a score, and the VA score means vaccine hesitancy, which is defined as being hesitant to get a vaccine, but not just like, well, I don't know, it's, it's even, well, I saw a study that said that someone died that got the vaccine. That's vaccine hesitancy. So this is a beta test. This is all a beta test. Right, right. And, and how big is this... Uh beta test. They refer to the test size as 1.5%. I'm not exactly which, sure which pool that pulls from, but I think it's comments on authoritative health pages. You seem to think that they've already rolled this out. Why do we believe they've already rolled this out? In, in one slideshow that they have, they call it their uh, weekly progress tracker. Mm -hmm. They actually lay all this out in a chart, and you can see, it, uh, you can look at the slides, they go by date. So we've got here, COVID-19 back safety and efficacy global currently global, 13 languages, Facebook plus Instagram, all C-19 vaccine, global, currently global, 66 languages. And the very first thing that, uh, that, that brought me to the conclusion that they're, they wanted to do this globally is they were developing it in like, you know, as many languages as they could get their hands on. So this oh, crap, I didn't, I didn't play, well, you can't see the guy's face anyway, so it doesn't really matter, but um, I can show you what he looks like. There you go. <laughs> so that's, the, that's what the project, if you want to watch that whole video, I recommend it. Uh, just go to Project Veritas on YouTube, 
and it's one of the mo more recent videos that they posted. Um, it's excellent. It's really eye-opening. One thing that I found really um, fascinating was that um, the guy says that there are two different kinds of um, rules uh, on YouTube, specifically about the, the vaccine hesitancy he's talking about. He says there's one rule that's very vague, right? Very vague, uh, you know, or, or the, just the general vague rules of uh, Facebook where they, they uh, and that's the public that's the public rule. So, so any kind of rules that they express to the public, they're always going to be vague. So you don't know exactly what they're doing. And he says, but within the company, the rules are very, very specific. So he's like, this is very clearly what they do at the company. They block these kinds of this kind of content. They shadow ban it essentially. And uh, then when they when but when they express to the public what they're what they're doing, they say, oh, we're just sort of general, we just have an algorithm that finds things. And if we think it's inappropriate, the algorithm will, you know, sort of, you know, deal with it or something like that. But, it, it, you know, and they, and they don't really give you any anything specific. But within the company, everybody knows exactly what they're doing. Um, and that's, you know, that's why not be transparent about that? Why not tell the public, this is exactly what you can say, and this is what you can't? Well, my suspicion is because they're concerned that people will try to get around uh, the rules, if they know specifically what they are, and they'll be able to do that um, if if the rules are explicitly expressed. But here's the thing. Why are you trying to suppress the free speech of Americans anyway? Why can't we talk about this kind of thing on Facebook? Why can't we talk about... Because you know YouTube is exactly the same. You know they got the same thing on YouTube. You know they got the same thing on Twitter, where they've, you know... I don't know. To me, it's just... <laughs> the whole thing's just nuts. But anyway... Um, but I love that this has been exposed. I love that Project Veritas did this. Um, and just so you know, even you who are watching videos on YouTube or watching videos on, on Facebook and you're looking at um, content and reading about this stuff, if you comment, your comments even can be targeted now by these companies. They're now not they're not just looking at my videos, they're not just looking at other stuff that's being posted, they're looking at your content your your comments as well. Pretty sick. Pretty sick, if you ask me. Um, all right, well, that's it for this story. I do highly suggest going to projectveritas.com or going to their YouTube channel and watching that video. Uh, that's it for that one. Let's move on to the last story of the day. Let me move back to my... Yep, there we go. New York op-ed. Attacks on Jews are a gift to the right. Yeah, this is what leftists are saying. They're saying that attacks on Jews are a gift to the right. They're not saying don't attack Jews because they're human beings and you shouldn't attack them. They're saying don't attack Jews because it's it's it makes people on the right, people conservatives like myself, seem right. And we don't want conservatives to seem right. But it's worse than that, actually, because we are right. We are right about this stuff. When we sit there and we say, uh, you know, the Palestinians, the Palestinians, people who are sympathizing with Palestine, the Palestinians themselves, they're not the heroes, they're not the victims, they're the aggressors. When we say that kind of stuff, you know, and then the left says, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're just bullies, you're just horrible racists. And then, the, and then Palestinians or Palestinian sympathizers are going out and they're physically assaulting Jews in the street. Yeah, that doesn't just make us look right. That validates everything we're saying. That shows, in fact, you might want to sit down for this. We are right. We are right. Okay, so let's go ahead and have a look at this story. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. Uh, New York Times op-ed, these attacks on Jews are especially bad, they say, because it makes Republicans look right. What a bunch of pieces of... This is from Brianna Lyman. So you know who to hate here. <laughs> I know they, there was, for some time, like with all the Milo stuff, they were suggesting that that uh, anybody who watched a Milo video, if Milo said he didn't like somebody and then that person went and harassed them, that was Milo's fault. So I should say, please don't harass this person. The great thing about my subscribers are, is that you guys don't do that kind of crap. But the Milo's people maybe were a little bit more rambunctious and would. So I don't have to actually say that to you guys. But just so that YouTube is aware, I'm not advocating anybody harass anybody here. But Brianna Lyman, I don't like you. I don't like her. And I don't think any of you should like her either. Because honestly, you don't want Jewish people to be attacked 
because it makes conservatives look right. Yeah, forget the fact that these Jewish people are human beings that don't deserve to be physically assaulted. It's just because it doesn't. It's because you don't want conservatives to look right. What a fuck, bitch. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Language, language. Uh, the New York Times revised a headline in their opinion piece published Monday that appeared to claim. While the recent spike in anti-Semitic uh, attacks are bad, they're even worse because they help Republicans. Michelle Goldberg... Oh, no, no, sorry. Oh, damn. Yeah, don't hate Brianna Lyman. I shouldn't say that. Brianna Lyman is writing the good story about the horrible person who wrote the bad story, Michelle Goldberg. Which is weird because it's like a Jewish name, right? Okay, sorry. Brianna Lyman, you're amazing. I don't hate you. You know who I hate? Michelle Goldberg. That was a horrible mistake, huh, guys? <laughs> or wake up, Chris. What are you doing? Michelle Goldberg initially published the piece with the title Attacks on Jews over Israel are a gift to the right. Her piece began circulating on Twitter afterwards, receiving criticism from some insinuating that the article deflected from the situation at hand. Jewish people being beaten. Yeah, you think? Uh, David Berg here writes, I know this may be con a controversial take, but perhaps the main problem with domestic street violence against American Jews is is domestic street violence against American Jews. <laughs> uh, look at this. Attacks on Jews over Israel are a gift to the right. What a bitch. Ben Shapiro said the article was one of Goldberg's worst. Yeah, I don't I don't read a lot of Michelle Goldberg's see if I can I couldn't rate it for you. Routinely a steaming pile of horse manure, he says. This one, however, is the Mount Everest of steaming piles of horse manure. Uh that's that's a kind of a fun line. Uh Dove Hickind, who I don't know who that is, but uh, they've written, Michelle Goldberg should cancel herself. And Josh Hammer writes, simply vile. Let's have a look here. Uh, former U.S. Ambassador to Israel, David M. Friedman, called the piece idiotic, as it is. He said, this idiotic piece, in this idiotic piece, Michelle Goldberg pines for a world... Pines? Is that the right word for that? Uh, for a world in which... Israel can be called an apartheid state without Jews being assaulted. Sorry, no such utopia exists because, one, the accusation is a vile lie, and two, anti-Semites don't discriminate in their hatred. Uh, Anika H. Rothschild says, Is there a point at which the New York Times will say, Nah, that's too openly anti-Semitic. Are they just going to... Are they just, are they just going full Sturmer at this point? Sturmer, I think, is like... Ice think is like a, a reference to 1930s Germans, 1940s Germans. Not 100% sure about that. Anyway, um, Anika. I used to know a girl named Anika. Not an ex-girlfriend. You don't get a bingo square. Okay. New York Magazine reported Jonathan Chait defended... Goldberg arguing that the actual piece does not minimize the moral harm of anti-Semitic violence. Um, although I did once have a thing for a girl named Aneshka. Kind of a funny name, right? Interesting. Anyway, now you can fill in the bingo square. <laughs> uh, New York Magazine reporter John Jonathan Chait defended Goldberg arguing that the actual piece does not minimize the moral harm of anti-Semitic violence. Uh, no. No, he's right, though. I mean, it doesn't minimize the moral harm of anti-Semitic violence, but it does distract from it. Because, I mean, I, I guess in a way, I think it does minimize, minimize the harm, because she's prioritizing making Republicans look good, look right, as the greater harm, right? She's focusing on that as the significant problem here. I mean, she shouldn't even be considered. That shouldn't even be a consideration. Who cares if Republicans look right? That's not a bad thing, you stupid idiot. I mean, these people are so freaking stupid. The reason I keep saying stupid idiot, by the way, is because I want to say something worse. <laughs> and that's what comes out when I censor myself. Uh, Jonathan Chait writes, right-wingers are making truly stupid dunks on Michelle, uh, whatever her name is, by by screenshotting her headline... Damn it, I hate it when that happens. Screenshotting her head, headline, hoping you won't read the piece, which clearly does not minimize the moral harm of anti-Semitic violence. But I think it does. I think it does. Uh, David Burge writes, I know this may become... Oh, yeah, I read that already. All right. Let's see here. The article, which has since been changed to the crisis of anti-Semitic violence... Smart. 
that they changed it, but too late. Goldberg does note that first and foremost, these hate crimes are a catastrophe for the Jewish people in the United States. I mean, that's always that's that's always what they do, though, isn't it? They always say, "Well, you know, we should get this part out of the way before I get to the, you know, get to the uh, what I'm really interested in here, what I really want to focus on." So they do give their little sort of. I don't know what you call it. Uh, asterisks. No. Asterisks. Hate crimes are bad. Okay, now let's get on to what I want to talk about. Um, but Goldberg then appears to argue the real tragedy of these anti-Semitic attacks is that the anti-Zionist Jews argument uh, is weakened and that the Palestinians' rights are being taken less seriously. Uh, here's the problem with the Palestinian situation that most people don't know. Most people don't actually know about this. Most of the quote-unquote Palestinians in Palestine are not Palestinian. That's that's the real problem here. Like, people, there's this... You would... You would think, right, that most of the Palestinians have just been there since, like, the Middle Ages, right? Because uh, in the Middle Ages, after the Crusades, um, and actually, obviously, before the Crusades, Muslims had taken over Israel through war, right? Through war, right? Because Israel used to be Israelites. Jewish people used to live there. And then through war, Muslims took over that region. Through violence, right? They were, they were conquerors. They were colonists, you might say. <laughs> um, and so these conquerors came in. They took over Israel. They took over Jerusalem. And then the Christians came in. They took it over for a while. And then Christ- the Christians left. And, and um, you know, obviously they had sort of diminishing... Uh, a diminishing presence there, and then the the Muslims came and took it over again. The Christians left, kind of left them to it for a while. Um, but by the time we had the whole World War II situation and the tragedy of the Holocaust, um, Israel, okay, well, it had, that region had been taken over by the United Kingdom, right? So Britain, Britain had essentially, owned, you know, had control over Israel at that point. But the Muslims who lived there had massively neglected uh, Israel. Uh, Israel had been, you know, the cities, Jerusalem, um, um, all the cities, all the cities were barely populated, right? It it had very few people, very few families, and it just wasn't, it wasn't built up in any way. It wasn't a sophisticated metropolis. It wasn't really a first world country. It hadn't kept up with with the rest of the world, at least with the rest of the developed world. So what happened was Britain said, okay, there's this, there's this Jewish homeland in Israel. Let's give it back to the Jewish people. And, um, you know, we can resettle some of the Palestinians that are, are living there. and we'll, we'll sort of negotiate it. And they did. And, and they negotiated moving the, Israel, uh, Israel, the uh, Jewish people back to Israel. And the people who were living in Palestine at the time, um, you know, they negotiated that deal. They worked the deal out with the British, um, you know, and, and the, the other allied countries that were trying to figure this out. Um, and it was, you know, it was fine. It was a it was a deal that was made. Everything was sort of, um, I'm sure there were some people that weren't happy with it, but for the most part, people were happy with it. And, you know, the deal went through and the Jews were brought back in. And here's the thing, the German Jews that were brought in, most of them German, some of them Polish and whatnot, were very sophisticated people. And they ended up building up Israel into a first world nation, right? They're a very sophisticated, very modern country now. Technologically advanced, lots of money, very rich. Um, you know, modern, successful, wealthy country. And when you build up a region and you make, a, make it really nice... Other people are going to want to live there, right? That's why we have so much illegal immigration into the United States. That's why there's so much illegal immigration into Europe. So many people want to live in the nice places in the world that have been built up by other people. And I forgot I had these on. And so the the uh, the Jews ended up making Israel such a nice place to live that all these Muslims from all over the region were like, oh, that, that was our place. That's our place. We're supposed to have that. That's ours. That's for us. And so some people move, try to move back into Israel into the region from all kinds of places from all over the Middle East. It wasn't just from, it wasn't just people who were formerly Palestinian that were staying there. The place got flooded by other, you know, Arabs and 
you know, people from Iran and all kinds of places. And a lot of the places, you know, a lot of the other countries in the region were like, I don't think it's right that Jews live in Israel again because they were racist. They were racist against the Jews. They're anti-Semitic. So what did they do? They started to encourage this kind of terrorism, these kind of attacks on Israel. And this has never stopped, right? The reason that Israel is attacked so much is because the other countries around them want them to be attacked. It's not because there's Palestinians that have been living there for hundreds of years and that they feel like that's their land and they deserve it. No. In fact, I would say a very small percentage, if any of the Palestinians that are there, so-called Palestinians, um, can lay claim to any part of Israel, any part of what they consider to be Palestine. You know, a lot of them need to go back to Syria, need to go back to Iran, need to go back to Saudi Arabia or wherever they're from. So I, I don't feel like they have any kind of right to any of that land. It's just Muslims saying, oh, this should be a Muslim place and therefore we're going to attack the Jews. That's not a good argument. That's ridiculous. So there's a lot about the history of that region that people don't know. They think, oh, well, it's just two groups of people who, ha who at one point both of them lived there. And one of them thinks that they should, you know, their ancestors lived there. And one of them thinks that they should be there because their ancestors lived there. The other group thinks they should live there because their ancestors lived there. But the truth is, the Jews' ancestors definitely lived there. The quote-unquote Palestinians' ancestors, well, a lot of them know they did not live there. That That's not true at all. So they just need to, like, piss off and stop sending bombs in to Israel. Um, anyway, that's that's most of the stuff that I've read about it. And I could be wrong about some of that. You can let me know in the comments. But I think that that is, from everything I've read, that seems to be the, that's my take. That's what I understand about it. Um, okay, let's have a look here. Uh, and then she goes on to write, but this violence threatens to undermine the pr uh, progress that's being made in getting American politicians to take Palestinian rights more seriously. You don't have any rights. Th sending missiles into a country and nagging them to give you more land isn't, there's no, what, what rights? What the hell are you talking about? Um, Goldberg writes, right-wing Zionists and anti-Semitic anti-Zionists have something fundamentally in common. Both conflate the Jewish people with is, the Israeli state. Uh, now, that's something I kind of agree with. Uh, there is this concept that if you criticize Israel, you're criticizing Jews, and it's anti-Semitic. I don't believe that at all. I think we should totally be able to criticize Israel. Um, you know, the, the problem is, and I've talked about this because there's this guy, Nick Fuentes, he's quite um, popular amongst uh, um, younger, you know, kind of, you know, right-wing um, people who, but he has some kind of like messed up views. Like he doesn't, he doesn't believe in interracial marriage, which I don't agree with. And another thing he, um, he, uh, he thinks he, he, he's constantly complaining about Israel, but he always makes this point that we should be able to criticize Israel and it shouldn't be considered anti-Semitic. And I agree with him on that point. But I was talking to a mutual friend of ours. We have a mutual friend, um, Nick. Nick and I have a mutual friend. And we're talking about Nick, and, and we're complaining about the fact that he, although he is right about that, the fact that he makes that argument undermines the argument. Because it's an argument that should be made by people who are not anti-Semitic, probably like myself, but I don't care enough to bring that up very often, right? But then somebody like him, he brings it up all the time, but we both suspect, although we haven't, I don't, I've not spoken to him about this personally, but I, I don't think my friend has either. Um, we both suspect that he is in fact anti-Semitic. <laughs> so if the only people that are discussing this concept, which I think is totally legitimate, are in fact anti-Semites, and I shouldn't say that Nick Fuentes is, I don't have any proof that he is, but he seems kind of like he is, or, or at least people that are perceived to be anti-Semites, well... It, it kind of undermines the argument, doesn't it? But I do think it's co a correct argument, despite that fact that it's coming from somebody who may, may or may not be an anti-Semite. I do think that the argument still holds. And I actually think most Jewish people would agree with that. Because do you think there are Jewish people in Israel who, who don't complain about their government? Of course they do. Everybody in every country complains about the government. So the idea that we're not allowed to critique Israel because it's anti-Semitic, well, that's just ridiculous. Of course, people in Israel complain about their own government, of course. So can I, as a white Christian American, criticize the Israeli government? Yeah, of course. Just like I can criticize black culture, just, just as I can criticize any anything. Because I have a brain, and I have experiences, and I can you know think, and I can talk about this kind of stuff, as can you, as, as we all can. So... Um, yeah, I don't think any kind of subject should be off limits. Um, 
you know, just because people say, oh, you're an anti-Semite or, oh, you're a racist or whatever, you know, whatever. You should be able to express yourself in any way you want. And, you know, whether or not people are going to take you seriously or think you're some kind of racist, I mean, whatever, that's just part of the game. But I certainly don't think we should be throwing around accusations of bigotry just because you don't agree with somebody. I don't think you should ever do that, right? Um, but anyway, let, let's let's finish this up. Uh... Both conflate the Jew. Okay, yeah, right. Um, many progressives, particularly progressive Jews, have worked hard to break this automatic identification and to open up space in the Democratic Party. Uh, the Democrat Party, not the Democratic Party. They're not Democratic. They're criminals. Um, to denounce Israel's entrenched occupation and human rights abuses. This wave of anti-Semitic violence will increase the, difficult, the difficulty of that work. The Zionist right claims... That to assail Israel is to assail all Jews. Well, I guess I would say that I don't think that's probably true. I don't. I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's true. Are there people on the right that say anytime you criticize Israel, you're criticizing the Jews? I don't think so. Uh, those who terrorize Jews out of rage, uh, out of rage at Israel, seem to make their point for them. Well, well, that's right. You know. Um, to say that you can criticize Israel and that doesn't mean you're necessarily criticizing Jews, you can have that exist in the world and you can also have anti-Semites exist in the world. Right? You can have people who genuinely are anti-Semitic and you can have people who are not anti-Semitic but criticize Israel. Both of those things exist. And the people that are physically assaulting Jews in the streets of New York and L.A. out here, they're just anti-Semitic. They're not, they're not criticizing Israel. They're anti-Semitic. We're, you, conservatives recognize that. I mean, here's the problem. She doesn't want us to look right, but she's stuck in this situation in which we are right. <laughs> so you may not want us to look right, but don't write an article about how that annoys you. How about this? How about instead of writing an article about how it annoys you that Republicans look like they're right? How about this? How about just accept that sometimes Republicans are right about some things? And But I know that's dangerous because it's a slippery slope and eventually you'll probably find out that we're right about almost everything, if not everything. Uh, how terrible would that be for you? Uh, Goldberg also claims that violence is, quote, motivated by anti-Zionism or anti-Semitism. Uh, Zionism is a movement that supports the Jewish state, while in some of the recent attacks the perpetuators have called Jews Zionists. It's important to note that not all Jewish people are Zionists. Goldberg criticizes... Goldberg's critics point out uh, that attributing the recent spike in hate crimes to the anti-Zionist movement arguably obscures the central issue, which is that these attacks appear to be motivated by anti-Semitism. Well, that's exactly right. Daily Caller has reached out to the New York Times, but has not have not received a response at time of publication. I do apologize to Brianna Lyman. I originally said I don't like you, but that's not true because you were just reporting for Daily Caller. You're lovely. It's this Michelle Goldberg who I don't like. Michelle Goldberg is the scum. Brianna Lyman, lovely person. So sorry for that mistake, and sorry for my viewers. <laughs> that was a terrible thing to say. Um, all right, well, I am done talking about this. I am done with that story. So uh, let's read some comments and questions. Do you guys have anything to say about this stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Let's find out. Um there, there was a, a couple of super chats, I think. Let's have a look here. MJ Jackson writes, My psychology professor let me expose this in his class and gave me 100%. Uh, I don't know what story that's about. I don't know what story that's about. I guess we're talking about communists at the time. That's great. That's awesome. You've got a good college professor. It's very unusual. Let's see here. Joshua Sanabria says, uh, toxic masculinity seems most of Trump's fact checks were there. Uh, were There's around a 10,000 insert blank facts, fact check, um, partially false. There's actually 9,995 insert blank. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, it wasn't just that. It was also like opinions. Like if Trump would say, you know, um, you know, we want to preserve the life of the child uh, uh, in the womb. They'd be like, fact check, this is just a cluster of cells. There is no child in the womb. Well, it's like, it's not really a fact check, is it? That's that's the whole 
schism in the whole that's the whole political divide the whole political divide oh ashley took a picture oh ashley you're awesome um okay yeah i think i got those actually thank you ashley but i think i have them all weirdly um bigfoot the chipmunk says tell us how you recall how you really feel i know (laughs) i do get a little bit um angry sometimes there was a scene in uh, the Avengers, the original Avengers movie, where they said, like, uh, hey, because, like, Bruce Banner was walking toward these back, and he goes, hey, Bruce, it's about time to get angry right about now, right? And he, and he turns to him, and he goes, that's my secret. I'm always angry. And then he turns into the Hulk, right? It's a great moment. Uh, good line, good moment, well shot, like, very good, very good. And uh, I remember th- seeing that, watching that little bit and being like, I can relate to this. <laughs> Because <laughs> I may seem very happy on the outside, but somewhere inside I'm pissed off about something always, right? I, especially when I was younger. It's not quite as much, quite as bad as it used to be. When I was a teenager, I was always like, there was always just under the surface, there was this like intense rage constantly. I don't know what that was, but yeah, I was. Uh, there's no reason for it either. I, I had a pretty good life, you know. Yeah, there's no reason, but I just was pissed off all the time. Um, let's see here. MJ Jackson also writes, yep, Facebook, Twitter, IG, and Parler took down my, the JFK report. That is really messed up, man. I, I assume that that was the name of your channel, um, and various platforms. They all, uh, MJ Jackson also wrote, I was assaulted by a Palestinian extremist at the Phoenix state capitol two weeks ago, made the gateway pundit. I think you sent me that on, uh, on my email. I didn't get to that. I didn't actually click on that, but uh, that's crazy, man. That is crazy. Are you Jewish, MJ Jackson? Doesn't sound... Jackson, that's not a Jewish name. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, toxic masculinity from Frank James. Joshua Mehe, you may you may have to use toxic masculinity, not Mr. Reagan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joshua Mehe. Hey, how you doing, man? Mehe? Mehe? Uh, did you see that the grand jury against Donald Trump... A story that just broke. The grand jury... St- I didn't. I didn't. But I'll look into it. Maybe I'll cover it tomorrow. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, Frank James, if you want to see my videos, go to Q&A-524-2021 in Toxic Masculinity Channel and look for me in the comments. Oh, do you do the animations? I'll, I'll, I'll click on the end. I'll click on your channel, man. Just, uh, just go ahead and post it here. All right, Frank James, I, I think both Palestinians... And Israelis have an have arguments that said whatever for whatever the reason, if you fire rockets at anyone's cities, well, no one else would uh, be so careful when retaliating. Yeah, that's right. And I would also like to say about that, MJ Jackson writes the Wuhan virus. That's random. I don't understand why you said that. Uh, let's see. And he also wrote social Lutheran. I megaphone around Phoenix to expose propaganda. Oh, I see. Okay. So you were going out on the streets yelling about something and, they, and then you were attacked by a Palestinian. Um, well, let me just say this. Okay, so what the hell were we talking about just a second ago? Frank James. Um, yeah, okay. This is what I was going to say. I think that the number one best argument that I've seen, I think I saw this on Twitter somewhere. Somebody said that, like, look, if you took all of the weapons all the missiles all the bombs all that stuff from the from the uh palestinians and you threw them into the ocean they didn't have any weapons anymore the fighting would just stop it would stop tomorrow boom done but if you took all the bombs and the missiles and and all the weapons from the israelis and you threw them in the open in the uh, in the ocean do you think the fighting would stop hell no the fighting would be worse than ever i mean it would just be a massacre right the the Jews would be obliterated from Israel because the Palestinians would try to wipe them off the face of the planet. And so that is the difference, right? You have Hamas is a terrorist group. They want to exterminate the Jews, right? They want to carry on Hitler's work. The Jews aren't interested in destroying Palestine or or, or obliterating the Palestinians off the face of the earth. If they wanted to do that, they could do it. No question. But they're obviously not interested in that. And so, you know, we know who the aggressors are. We know who needs to be stopped, and we need we know who needs to be helped to defend themselves. Although Israel's fairly rich, so there's an argument to be made that America should stop helping them so much or at least get paid for it. 
I don't mind that argument. That could be that's an argument that people could have. I, I have no problem with that. But um, but yeah, I am firmly on the side of Israel. I think the Palestinians are the aggressors. That that is it. You know, they're they're killing innocent people for no reason. We're all constantly hearing about the children and the mothers and the and the people who are killed in Palestine, which I think everyone has sympathy for. Of course, you don't want innocent people to be killed, but it wouldn't happen if they wouldn't keep sending missiles into Israel to kill women and children all the time. Um, all right. Well, anyway, that is the end of the show. Um, I have a bunch of work to do for tonight, and I don't, I don't want the show to go too long because then I'll be too tired to actually do the work. So I need to get some work done. I'm going to post some stuff for tonight so that you guys have shows uh, for tomorrow morning for Mr. Reagan. I don't get the same number of views I used to get. It's very disappointing because YouTube's got their boot on my neck. But you know what? I got to keep doing. I got to keep throwing stuff out there. Um, All right. You guys have a great day. I will see you tomorrow. Remember, this is the least professional show on YouTube. So don't expect too much. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Good night. Toxic masculinity. Yep, all done, all done.